is waiting on fries. That you don't get it? You don't what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never here is waiting on fries, but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and then you're it's like ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, so they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> Hit the record. It's episode 20. And we're back. What's episode up? Episode 20. 20. It's Smokehouse, Smokehouse, Smokehouse. I'm sorry. I told you guys I wasn't going to do that anymore, and then yeah, I did it again anyway. right to the echoes. Correct. That's what we got. Old habits die hard. I understand. So what's good? How was Justin, your week? Justin, you were just telling us, though, about what has to happen here. Like, new things are happening again. It's like there's no end every single week to, like, the new policies and stipulations that we have to do out here just to, like, maintain a restaurant and be safe. What's new today? You were just telling me about it. Oh, with the interviews? Yeah. New well, procedures. We'll get into that. Processes and procedures. You know, we can, we can circle back, I guess. Or not, we could just go right into it. Yeah, let's hit that, let's hit right. that gas pedal. While so, it's fresh in your mind. You know, I just know I'm noticing now, since we could never get off the COVID topic, every week I come in thinking we we're going to talk about something cool and fresh and not dealing with COVID, but then we Wrong. just talk about coronavirus over and over <laughs> and over again. Anyways, so I'm noticing now we brought back, as all the staff that's going to come back seemingly is back, um, and we, now we need to hire some new staff. So we posted a job and we did whatever, and we got the internet uh, to help us out with that, and didn't have to have people come in and fill out applications, but now we have to have people come in and interview. How many um, interviews do you guys set up? So we have uh, about seven or eight this week. I think four or five on Monday, a couple on Tuesday, you know, whatever. Between drivers, servers, aspiring bartenders. A lot of bartenders aspiring. are coming in. Well, I say aspiring because our bar is still closed. So even as a bartender, right. if you're applying for a bartender and we hire you as a bartender. You're really kind of a server. You're a server until yeah. we open the bar. Which, sure, but like that's every, that's everywhere. That's yeah, not yeah, new that's to fine. anybody at the end of the day. The, the, like this is what we're now doing yeah. as bartenders. We are now servers and also all hands on deck. That's yeah. it. So the weird part is number one. I haven't interviewed someone in <laughs> two years. Maybe how weird does that feel? It's gonna be weird. There's gonna be a new person I have to talk to about tech, uh, possibly working at the restaurant, um, and that's 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 definitely gonna be weird. And usually, I mean, that's pretty good for us. So we don't have the turnaround where people leave yeah. that frequently. And also, when we closed New Rochelle, that added a bunch of staff that filled in some spots so we didn't need to bring outside staff. So all that being said, interviews haven't happened in close to two years. And now the bunch are going to happen this week. I remember back when I was working here, interviewing people was like a constant process. There would be like never a day in a week where we didn't have an interview yeah. for some position. We've interviewed back of house, but front of house has been pretty solid. Okay. Yeah, but still, but still, for you not to have an interview in two years, so do you? You're rusty going into an interview at the end of the day as rusty. the interviewer. Like, it, it do reminds, you like mac and cheese? Yeah, it reminds me. Brisket in what, uh, when Paul was talking about it in the in the episode with oh, Paul yeah. from Pax, and he was talking about interviewing people. He's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. What is? <laughs> what is it? Are we out to dinner? Like, what's happening? So and signs of like signs of a good place too are the fact that you don't interview a lot, right? You retain staff, you for hold sure. on to yeah. them, and yeah. anytime you go in somewhere where people have been working there for years, it's for a reason. Yep, for sure. And we're only looking for one one server slash bartender and one delivery driver. So you know, it's it's not like we have a whole roster to fill at this at this point. We did just sign the lease at New Rochelle though, so that's gonna open up. So a whole you will bunch have a roster jobs. to fill pretty soon. Yeah, we will have a roster to fill, a big roster to fill. 
in the next uh, three or four months. But for now, we got two two positions we need to fill up. Um, so that'll be interesting. But what I'm noticing is now I got I realized that I have a bunch of people that we've invited into the restaurant that's supposed to be limited capacity and limited exposure. And so now there's all these new steps to the interview process. So I'm thinking, what do I have to do when these people come in pre even the interview, like the normal questions I'm just going to ask them pre before we do that, what do I have to do protective wise for the COVID environment? So I had to get all these questionnaires ready and make sure that they're wearing a mask and make sure that they are comfortable with getting their temperature taking taken. And at first I'm saying, okay, this is just a safety protocol that we're going to have to do as we introduce people to come in for an interview. But it's also like I realized test of how well you follow rules. Yeah, and all now that. it's yep. part of the interview, right? Yeah. Because if someone comes in without a mask, okay, you were prepared. If someone's complaining about the mask the whole time, we're, like it's we're like, gonna want to deal with that. We're gonna keep the masks on the whole interview today, yeah. not because you have to. Just want to see how. You but I want to see how it goes because if you can't if you can't hold it during the interview, how, you're not gonna be able to hold it during service. And again, going back to whether or not I believe that's an effective thing, that's a side, that's a side table discussion. Yeah. The, the discussion is we, we don't have a choice. That's, what, that's the way we have to operate right now, whether you believe in it or not. You just got to follow the rules. Yeah. So I can that, see somebody going back and talking to their significant other and being like, I don't think we're going to work there. You made me wear a mask the whole time we had a <laughs> Well, that's fine. <laughs> had an interview. Right? Because if you can't but, deal with it. Yeah. And like, like we always say, the interview is as much for the employer to see how the employee is as for the employee to see what type of environment they're going to be working in. Totally. We take everybody's temperature right now if you come into work. So if you can't take your temperature when you get an interview, right? So it's that kind of thing. So that'll be the pre-interview interview just to see how you interact with dealing with all these rules and regulations and stuff like that. And then we're going to get back into an interview, which I have to remember what to do <laughs> on because I haven't done one so, in so long. Uh, I, didn't didn't we, you used to have like uh, three random questions that you asked people to get a uh, gauge of like what type of person they are? Yeah, have? like if you were a shoe, what kind of shoe yeah, would you be? Yeah, I like those. What kind of answer do you want? In I don't that know. question, I, I don't have a. There's not a real answer to that. It's, it's just, just like a bogey question. It's just out there just to see just what people see say. Yeah, answer. You know, quick a, on your quick on your feet yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, okay. In which case, you need a running shoe. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. What were some of the best answers you got? If you remember, I, I you know what? I don't I don't remember. I can't remember one that stands out. I would be a rock you know, port. Uh, it has yeah. excellent value. <laughs> it shows that you're matured past the age of needing to wear Nikes or whatever okay. the hottest shoe is. And also, it also shows that you believe in comfort, you know? Most most people have some kind of cliche answer where they say something like, I would be a sandal because I'm super chill <laughs> <laughs> and like whatever. And it's then, like we don't want sandals Or someone here. would say, I'd be a Nike running shoe because Just I'm always it. on the move and I'm ready to go. You know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, do you find that there's a lot of people looking for jobs in this industry right now as you've, you know, through the through the question out there, hey, who's looking for a job? I need somebody to come in here. Are people willing you, to come back right now? Are you, you know, seeing a it's lot? A, it's a mixed bag, and I, I thought there'd be a lot of people, but there's really not, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of experience out there. That's what I'm seeing. Okay, so that's that's the tricky part. And we'll see as we go, the week goes and the longer it goes. Um, it's kind of a... It's kind of a weird thing that happened at, you know, what do you call it? a juncture or whatever you want to call what happened to the industry. I think a lot of people just left the industry because it's been so long. I think and, there's definitely been some people who have you know, chosen to go other routes. Yeah, there's been a fracture. That's what I was looking for. There's been a fracture in the industry and some people who may have been in it for the long haul that were making the industry part of their life choices may have decided to be out. And, you know, and, and, or 
the more experienced or more mature level uh, server, bartender, you know, whatever, didn't just wait out the unemployment and then wait to get called back. They're like, all right, there's a certain amount of time that we can go through receiving this unemployment as their own personal brand. And then there's, there's a certain amount of time that it's no longer acceptable. How long am I going to wait around for my, my, for my restaurant to call me back, for my place to call me back? If they haven't called me back at this point, are they going to call me back? What's even happening at this point, right? So those experienced people have kind of realized that and either early on tried to find a job somewhere else, kind of like scooping up the jobs that the laziest people didn't want to take in the beginning, knowing that those jobs were, were the you jobs know, might be right that's now. all that's left. Yeah. We, we talked about that. You know, in July, I said, we're going to hire five people back. I don't know if we're going to hire more back. Right. You know? And, and now you're only looking for one to hire back. And now we're looking for one, and that's only because, you know, somebody's somebody is eventually gonna gonna leave. You know, mm-hmm. they finished. They're entering their new career or whatever. It, other, it's not like it's not all of a sudden these new spots opened up. Like these new shifts opened up. It's a shift that needs to get taken. So the experienced people realize that probably took the jobs in July a couple months ago that were there, and or left the industry and decided to start a new career and are no longer there. So you're finding. I don't want to say I don't want to say scrap heap because you know we'll <laughs> find not out. Nice. Yeah. We'll not, yeah. we'll find out. You know the quality that's out there, but I I do think it's a different um, group of people that's that's available that was before. And as far as stealing people, which it's was always going to be harder, it's to always steal. been my go-to to steal because my philosophy is good people have jobs. Mm-hmm. They're not usually looking for jobs. You have to take them from other good places for the yeah. most part. You know I I don't know how those people are going to feel about jumping. Jumping ship now, like if yeah. you're in this industry right now and you have a safe thing going and you know you're a good employee and you know you're you know the restaurant you're at, are you really gonna look at me coming in rogue, being like, hey, you should just come work over here. We got a good thing going. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know if I'm running a good business. You don't know what it's like. You don't know if I'm just trying to, you know, survive another month and then I'm gonna close up. You know. So those oppor- those opportunities are are different. So it's 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 gonna be weird. I just got a push notification coming in talking about the second oh, we wave supposed of to have our virus today. through. I'm I'm not like I'm not playing on. It. It's just a push notification of news. You know, I got to <laughs> stay tuned in here. But it just said as the second wave of the virus grips Spain, experts think that this is going to create a big surge across Europe again. So like these people now that came back into this industry say things get worse again in the winter. What are we doing? Going back to unemployment again all over? Like maybe some of the people that left this industry were not really about it, about it and figured out, hey, maybe I should be doing hair somewhere or maybe I should follow this passion or that passion. And they'll be unaffected come COVID time to some extent because everyone else has jobs working from home now. At least they're not at least they're not affected from the restaurant business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to like pivot to and talk about another thing where you just said that you love poaching, you know, other spots to find employees because great people have work. You ever think that like some of the places you walk into see you coming, they're like, oh, I'm going to talk up Chad real loud, real quick. He's our worst server, but I'm going to talk him up to just that we just could try to poach him and take him that off our hands. A very roundabout way to, you know, send That's someone on their get way rid of somebody. Yeah. It's genius. You know I'm telling you? It's genius. Wow. Uh, but we were talking a little bit before too, where, um, in a lot of times, you're you have a full staff. You've hired a bunch of people. Uh, maybe you hire somebody that's not necessarily like fit for the job, 
And it's tough on all the teammates that are working because you're sitting there and you're going, well, why is this person here? I have to do all this extra work now. It's, it's absurd. But just how do you handle maybe, maybe seeing some red flags over the course of time where you go, I don't know, is this person fit for this position? Do, do you mean current, current employees inside of a position? I don't or? even mean here. I'm just saying in general, yeah, people that are hired into an establishment, right? Like, I mean, it's different because even, even positions change from, chain, from uh, skill to skill. Like you could see a server that's an excellent server, and you say, okay, we're going to promote you to a bartender, and they suck as a bartender. And, you know, you could take a bartender that's an awesome bartender and say, you know, we're going to give you some management responsibilities, and they suck as a management to be honest, a lot of times a server and a bartender, the jump to the management side is is different because it's, you know, it's a totally different world. And uh, you talk about the pay cut part of it. It's about like the level of commitment. A uh, server has a different yeah. level of commitment and compared to a manager. That. But there's also sales, like things you need sales, to do. Sales, 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 <laughs> sales, drifting in the wind. Sales, we're not open on Mondays. Sales, sales. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I, I totally get that. Or for instance, you know, maybe you hire like this fantastic bartender and then you're like, hey, I also need you to do some serving shifts. And then he's terrible on the floor. Me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I never when you. I was going to let you come in here and tell your own thing. <laughs> no, but, the, you know, how do you figure out, though, at the end of the day? You've hired somebody, you thought they were going to be good, you put them in, and then they don't really fit out for the job. Are you quick to cut your loss and just get them out of the door? Or do you try to figure out, hey, can I put them in another role? No, I don't think it's fair to just cut it right away. I think what you have to do is take the person that you're speaking about, try to identify what exactly is their negative values, you know, and, and try to see what are you not doing? What are you not able to do? What are you having trouble catching up with? Sit them down and kind of point it out and get try to work with them to... Because once you have somebody working, there's one thing if you identify it during the training period, okay? Because then you can just you can just fail you can fail out the training period and say like, okay, sure. you, you didn't make it. Like, we're not, it's not going to work, right? But once you get past the training period, you have... Um, you have invested a certain amount of money into that person already. And it costs money to bring someone else out, go all the way back to the interview, go all the way back to the training and the hours you have to put in, et cetera, et cetera. And all the hours that you have to cover while this person isn't in a position. And all the hours you have to cover once you start putting it in. So, you know, financially it makes more sense to try to work with that person and get them up to the level that you need them to be at. And with doing that, I guess you're really trying to, you're you're molding like you're kind of literally sitting there grabbing a hand and saying hey why are we struggling to figure this out or hey we need to be focused on doing this more often or paying attention to this more often um a lot of times as nobody's gonna work the way you want them to right that's just not a thing that's not not the beginning at least no it's not no for the most part it's very hard to find somebody that's just doing it the exact way you want we've had several people come in and work that I've been able to mold make, into to like mold beautiful positions to, for the system. It's a yeah. think like me, and yep. that's great. Like, yeah, my favorite. It, it's great. My favorite employees are the ones that have it, been able to adapt. I don't think it's about finding it. Like, I think it's about like it's a, it's about them listening and being able to learn and follow yeah. what I'm saying, and, and then wanting paying, to be a part of the system and paying attention when I'm when I'm working, and they can just kind of pick up. You know, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna. You can follow around somebody and learn their mannerisms and learn their reactions and know what they would do in a situation. 
There's a Kevin Hart skit, I think, in uh, his first big stand-up where he's, like, talking about, like, you ever tell somebody to do something, but they don't do it the way you envision it in your head, but he's talking about his kid, like, he's trying to tell him, like, pick the stuff up, and the kid does it completely differently, and he's like, that's not how I envision telling you how to do it. Nobody knows Kevin Hart. Somebody no, I, out there. I follow it. I also have experienced that in my life several times. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean... On the, on the flip side, I've experienced that. I'm just like, uh... I just, yeah. I, I think but I can usually see that during the training, though, and yeah. just get rid of it instantly. Maybe not instantly, but you know, you can kind of tell how people are learning during the training, and just we've worked shifts together. We've seen somebody train, yeah. and we're just like, it's not gonna work out. Or on the opposite, someone who is gonna work out. I think to name names a little bit here, the, one of the best employees we've had that's picked up on people's mannerisms, fucking Miguel. You know, yeah, that's true. He he was, I mean, like he was an okay employee when he got here, never did anything wrong, but he's like, you were Mike now when you guys aren't here. No, that's that's an accurate that's an accurate statement. Yeah, turned himself into a very valuable employee. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, those are good to have. Those uh, are great to what have. are some uh, What are some of these red flags though that maybe you see in people that you know no longer wind up having a job down the road? Lack of hustle. I, I mean, you yes. know, being behind the bar, we've worked behind with when so you, many different people that when you're talking about people that expire. You can kind of see it in just their attitude, yeah. like just right? no fucks given. Yeah. yeah, you can see, you can tell in people's attitude. You can have a great employee. You can definitely have somebody expire, right? There's, there's definitely a, a timeline of how long can someone do one job before it's just over. You either need to move up, move up or move on, or really. move on, or move up or move on. Yes, yeah. you know that's exactly. And you can tell when somebody hit that point, and when they hit that point before you've decided that they're ready for something else, then that, that's a tough that's a situation. Yeah. And yeah. then that's when it turns, it turns bad because they can be a good employee. Yeah. Whereas if it's a bad employee, you have no problem, you know, just saying we're going to let you go. Yeah. But if it's a good employee, you're like, okay, well you're a good employee, but in the last two weeks or so, we've noticed your moods changed. You're no longer the team player that you were. You're no longer engaged with what we're trying to do here. And at that point, you kind of have to look at it as maybe it's been uh, like poor management for management to not have seen it sooner and tried to do something about it. Sooner. Well, I mean, it could happen quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, but yeah, it is man- it is management's responsibility to to realize why someone hasn't. You should have a certain expectation of how long someone is supposed to work a certain job before. They are ready to ready to learn a new skill or ready to implement something else. There should be an expectation, yeah. and we've actually worked a lot on that. Of you know, when we hire somebody, are we hiring somebody yeah. to be a host forever? No, we want somebody to be. We want somebody to be a host. And move on to something, something and be else. able to learn a new skill, but able to learn the restaurant well enough where now they can move on into a server, and then they can move on into a bartender, and then they can move on into a key manager you know, or whatever, whatever role it's going to go into. And, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to identify what those levels are and then what you're supposed to do and the timelines constrained against them and then the financials that go into it that are the incentivizing factors Moving to up. get people there. Yeah. And hopefully now that we've kind of identified that timeline, we can, you know, mitigate that factor of where people just get tired and it's time to move on. What are some of the qualities of, like, excellent workers that you think are the most valuable quality for somebody to have listening skills. I'd say the willingness to jump in and do something that's not directly your responsibility. So like a t- almost like a having a team mentality to some extent. Yeah. yeah I mean, having a team mentality to all the responsibilities so you're not like adverse to doing extra work if there's work that needs to be done. 
Yeah, and uh, I agree with that, and especially right now in these times. Yeah, because there's certainly people who will be like, oh, that's not my job. Those aren't the people that you want on your team. I think those are never the people that you want on your team. It's not my job. Um, Not justifiably, at least, right? But I certainly... That's not my table. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, You know, I was having a conversation with somebody... You get table three of water? No, it's not my table. Over the weekend, (laughs) and... Go get the fucking water. They were saying, like, no, I'm I'm a bartender, though. Is a place hiring for a bartender? I go... Where have you been for the last five months? Nobody is just hiring a bartender. You have to be a multifaceted tool right now to be able to do everything, or you don't have a job in this industry. And I think that the people that are able to do this all without bitching and just being a team player are the ones that are actually making some money in these places because the business is there, you're running with less staff, and you're being paid accordingly for it. So, like... People are like, what do you mean 50 bucks an hour? I'm like, well, I think a lot of places are kind of seeing these numbers because you're running with two servers on a floor. They're running multiple tables that they wouldn't typically be running in the first place. And, like, there's reward for that. You're sweating the entire time running around. That's it. That's Just take it right now while it's here and just be prepared for the winter time when you have to pivot. You know how many people don't realize what you mean when you say $50 an hour, <laughs> by the way? Because we talked about that last week, and I yeah. had several people come in and be like, Yo, you comments, guys pay fifty dollars an hour. You guys pay fifty dollars an hour, <laughs> and I'm like, no, we don't pay you fifty dollars an hour, but that's what you earn, right? Like, isn't that the same thing? No, it's not the same thing. I pay you thirteen dollars an hour. You want to break that down for people? Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna pay you thirteen an hour. So all over though, it's gonna, different too. I know. Well, that's right. why we said, you know, I said oh, anywhere between thirty to sixty. Yeah. You know, because that could that could that's the part that fluctuates. But so many people reached out and they're. Oh, yeah, I want to work for you guys. You pay six dollars an hour. Like, oh, take like, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me explain this to you. Take My it. good servers make sixty dollars an hour. Correct. So it's I'm it's all relative to to the environment. We're also paying over two thousand dollars for a one bedroom apartment. A lot of times up here in this Northeast Territory too. So our hourly is a lot higher than maybe somebody in Georgia, right? For sure. Uh, I don't think bartenders and servers for the most part are doing the fifty bucks an hour in some of these other areas where living costs are just cheaper in general. And that's just how it is. You know, it's not like we're somebody could be listening to this and being like, wow, that's great. That's a lot of money, but (laughs) no, because our living costs are so much higher that it's the same thing. It's just in a different area. Um, You know, that that's a part that gets me is why servers and bartenders, there's, there's a lot of good ones. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the industry who are able to provide good service and go through everything you know, the right way. There's a lot of bad ones too, but there's a lot of good ones who are able to do everything. But the real thing that separates from someone who is able to pull 35 to $40 an hour and someone who's able to pull 40 and above, right? I'm going to just say that there because I think if you're pulling 40 and above consistently, then that's pretty good. Yeah. Right? The 60 jumps, those are some pretty good weeks, but that's not something you consistently hold. Right. But the ones that are able to do that, I think are the ones that realize that their income is directly related Correlated. to what their sales are, Yep. right? And I try to explain that all the time. So if you make more money, we make more money, everybody makes more money. Your income is directly correlated to what your sales are. So if you ring $1,000, expect to make about a buck 50 to 200 bucks on that night, mm-hmm. right? If you ring 2,000, double it. I'm like, well, what do you mean if I ring whatever? And I'm like, you kind of control that to some effect. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't just bring whatever. It's up to the what they're going to get. Yeah, but, but you can control, like, even a bad server is going to get 14% of their sales, right? Sure. Average out. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out a way to increase your sales, 
which is like upselling yeah. or something like that, which is not. That's why I said listening skills, right? Because if you listen to what everybody's talking about at the table and everything they say about, and you know your restaurant well enough, it is so easy <laughs> to, to get those extra couple of sales. It's yeah. so easy yeah. to just add an extra 10, 20, 30 bucks on the table. Because people are already out in the restaurant willing to spend money. They're there because yeah, they they're want here the already. They yep. committed, like, whatever. <laughs> they committed. You know? Yeah. And, and it, but there's, that's the line. And there's so many that cannot upsell for their life. Cannot sell a special for their life. And then there's some that just like, you know, okay, we have a special today. Who's working? She's working? Okay. She's going to sell it. We got to yep. make more because she's going to sell. <laughs> it's, that it's, is definitely true. I think also there's a lot of different characteristics and mentality for people that maybe are not able to sell. You know, I, I think to sell things, you have to be able to stand behind the product. Maybe they don't like meat. Maybe they, they don't should, like they whatever the special the was too, on a you know? Saturday. But in this industry, it's like, yeah, you're trying to sell the higher dollar amount plates uh, to some extent. And like you just said, listening to your table to figure out what they want. Like, you're not going to sell somebody 15 lobster tails and try to convince them that they can eat 15 lobster tails <laughs> and they're going to be thrilled about it. Depends on who you're I talking can, to. I can eat yeah, 15 it, lobster tails. Depends well, on who you're talking to. Yeah, but in I'm, general, I own the, the second. Like nine I own the 13. second. No, it's 13. 13, there you I, go. I, I own the second place all time on Royal Caribbean uh, lobster <laughs> night dinner. 13 lobster tails. Fantastic. So, again, it depends on who you're talking to. you got to know your audience. Totally. And uh, <laughs> like you said, too, you're in control of the amount of money that you're pulling in as long as you know how to sell a little bit more as long as you're on top of your tables as long as you're refilling that beer when it's you know just under halfway down uh or i should say just under halfway full if you will but that's an easy way to get paid a little bit more yeah at the end of the day that's an interesting one too because i tell I tell everybody to always chase the leader at a table you know what that means Who's, who's ordering and in control no, or no? Especially with beers, right? So if you have like four, if you have four dudes sitting at a table and they're all drinking beers, you always got to chase the guy that's drinking the fastest, <laughs> right? And he makes everybody always, else catch up. Yeah, yeah, you make everybody else catch up because if you if you, you single out the one guy who's drinking the second, fastest, second, you get him on his second, and the next, then that next round comes. Yep. Right. Yep. But if you if you miss the leader and the and the loser or the last place guy. I don't want to call them losers, but we call like the the well, slowest. Well, if beer drinking was a race, if it was a race, right? But if you <laughs> wait until the slowest guy at the table finishes, they're more inclined to be like, "You guys done? You want to head out?" Yeah, correct. But if and you, the guy who's drinking the slowest is also the guy who's probably not trying to drink the most. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But if you if you're chasing the leader, by the time the slowest guy finishes, the leader's on his three quarters and his second beer, yep. and then you can ask the last guy, "You want another beer?" And then he looks around and everybody else has a beer. Yep. Then you load him back up, and then the leader's like, "Well, I'm drinking half." Twice as fast as him. He just got a beer. I could probably do another yeah. one inside it. And that's how you keep going. It's just listening to your table and realizing yeah. your awareness. It's so easy to do. <laughs> I think I think we actually I'm, have I'm, discussed that before, too. I've definitely been in that situation before. You look over and someone gets another beer. You're like, all right, might as well. Yeah, might as well. I mean, People don't even realize they do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, that's an easy way to, you know, add another 40 bucks onto a tab. Yeah. You know, four guys sitting at a table or 38 bucks on a tab, whatever it is. But what's that equate to in tips? Five bucks. Boom. Another five bucks. Love it. Just another round of beer like that. And it just comes over and you go pick it up at the little, the service well station, you know, and you just walk it right back over and that was just five bucks. Super easy. Love it. How do you, how do you explain this to you? How do you have to explain this to people? Like you're supposed to just know this being in this industry. That's, you have to yeah, that's the difference between, like I said, between a low owner, a low, a low earner and a high earner are picking up on those two things. At what point though, in your being in this business 
cycle does that just click and light bulb turn on or are there people that just never understand that you think I feel I mean, like there are people that never understand that. yeah for it's, sure it's, uh, i mean it's terrible at the end of the day um how are you also positioning though to get a couple more sales on these tables then I know we just discussed last week that we've got the rib rub coming out. We're going to put those on the tables the here. rub, yeah. Right? And Can't wait for that to come in. It hasn't come in yet? Um, no. I mean, any, any day now should come in. But whatever. So but those will be those sold as addition. Yeah. Those are secondary. You know, those sales really rely on your staff to sell, like stuff like that and merchandise that and, merch, yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't mean like they should say, hey, do you want to buy a bottle of tailgate rub or do you want to buy a T-shirt? No, but, but if you can see if somebody enjoyed their pulled pork, they're like, you want to try this rub that we got? No, but the key is may, the server, and this is so important, and we and us as a company has to do a better job. Now we've identified that whole timeline I just talked about and all that stuff. It's so important is getting people in here who are able to make people fans of the restaurant because you're gonna you're not going to buy a T-shirt unless you're a fan. Right. Right? Like, I don't buy a Yankee shirt. <laughs> Wait, you're not a fan? No, nah, socks fan. So you didn't, buy you socks, didn't know that? You know, but whatever. Yeah, That's I just sports. don't acknowledge it. But if you're, if you, they have such a good experience and really dig the place, and they come in and their server is awesome, and they get everything they want, and a server knows the menu well enough to make sure if, like we said, listen to the table and pick up if they said something at the table like, oh, I wish they had that, and you just know your menu well enough that like, we have it, it's just not like that. I can get it, and then there's another seven bucks I just added on the on the check because I was able to get an extra side or an extra appetizer, or something like that. Right, they had a great time. They dig the vibe. They dig the place, the whole thing. And you're walking out, and you see a T-shirt on the wall. But like, no, I like this place. I want to buy a T-shirt. Yeah. So subconsciously, the service staff, while not even trying to sell a T-shirt, sells a T-shirt. An accidental co- coer- coercion. Yeah. Yeah. Subconscious works. <laughs> Acc- yeah. Accidental coercion. It's actually a sexy combination of words. If you really. It's just about to making that. people fans of it's the place. Creating rave you know? reviews. You want to know? Like I go to a re- like I'm wearing Kyle's. There you go. I'm wearing Kyle's t-shirt right now. Product placement. You know, it's just, I like the place. I'm buying a t-shirt. That's my new thing, by the way, my wardrobe. I'm buying t-shirts from restaurants that I like. And I'm not going to buy shirts anywhere else except for the, <laughs> Only from restaurants. Just restaurants. It's going to be my whole wardrobe. I'm just going to rock restaurant t-shirts. One, to support the industry. Two, I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. You yeah, know, I kind of like that. Two, because it's like, it's who I am, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's what our passion is. It makes sense. So I might as well, I'm just going to rock restaurant t-shirts or shirts. That and the Rock, <laughs> like the uh, the Rock's Under Armour line. I like. Has, I, has he responded to you? No, but I'll still wear it. I'll still wear it. You know, take a <laughs> scroll back a, a couple minutes here too, where we were just talking about you know fifty bucks an hour, forty bucks an hour, thirty, whatever it is. Just to uh, big pivot, not relevant to really anything else besides monetary values here. But working outside, where everything is super weather dependent, which you know I am doing right now on Governor's Island there. It is insane what could happen when the weather turns and you're still there at work. I think I worked for, on the actual clock, three and a half hours on Saturday. Then you had to punch out because of rain? It rained that day, so it was terrible weather. Nobody was really coming out to the island. And it takes me two hours to get there. It takes me two hours to get back. My commute was longer than how long I worked. That kind of sucks. I saw what the tip share was, and we didn't scale down. Uh, employees at all we left everybody on the way full staff as it was um a couple people got cut a little bit early one of them being me and i saw the tip share and it was like 42 dollars just like how many people no that was just an hour 42 bucks an hour 
No, all oh, together for total. the three and a half uh, hours I was on the clock for, which is tough. But also, like, that circles back to signing up for this business where you don't know what the day is going to bring, really. Like, you have some idea, but then you get those curveballs that you just have to be prepared for. Like, originally, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a nice day. Like, let's put some money back in the bank after going on vacation. Fantastic. And then it's just like, yeah, shit weather on a Saturday, your prime business day, and you just get knocked down like that. So, again, like, I can't even stress it enough that come wintertime, things are going to kind of, I feel like, look a lot like that. Uh, I saw Jersey just reopen recently indoor dining with 25% capacity. Like, that's less than we have. That's yeah. that's cool, fine. but it's, it's only nothing. Yeah, but it's only cool if you still have the outdoor tables because then, then it's added space for the most part. I'm really curious to see how that goes in October, once that's kind of over. I mean, we're here. We're like, we're there. We're almost we're there. there. I cannot September believe that these like four <laughs> months, five months have just gone by just like that, like during these time periods. Uh, I would also like to just go back to March and lay on the couch for like a month again. That was kind of cool. Not for, not my, for nothing. My March was not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were scrambling to figure out how to make things work. Yeah. Yeah. Much I mean, different. benefits of being an employee versus being an employer. You know what I mean? Fair. This is true. I guess that's it. I got softball leader. Right. I'm gonna grab a slice of pizza. Start interviewing some people. Slice pizza this sounds good. Good talk, guys. See you out there. Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because you know algorithms. Boom.